Bump. Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. Um, my host, I'm your host, Will May, team leader and real estate coach at Keller Rooms Greater Omaha. And on this podcast, we get to talk to agents today, somebody that's in operations and leadership, um, and they do this on a day-to-day basis. We get to talk about what's what's happening in the current market and you know what's some strategies, tactics that are working and sometimes not working. And so today we have Ken Schroeder on the on the podcast, so thank you for being on. Hey, thank you. It's yeah. great to be here. Yeah, and Ken came into my life. Um, well, it's been two, almost two years now. Year and a half, two years. Year now. and a half, two years. Uh, Ken runs the operations team for Marty Hosking, yep. and and kind of has built a lot of systems and structure. And now from afar, so we're going to hear his cool story. And he's also built many businesses in the past um, in terms of leadership. So I'm excited today because most of these conversations are about tactics and strategies and sales. We get to talk a little bit of leadership back and forth. Yeah, exactly. And I know that's something that you have a, a really deep passion in. You just taught a class uh, recently to our brokerage and everybody absolutely freaking loved it. That's good. So thanks for being on. Hey, it's great to be here, Will. And I just want to say uh, it's easy to talk about leadership when you're in the presence of a great leader. Thanks. And I've really observed some growth. It's just exciting because a true leader is always committed to growing. And I see that in you and I respect that. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Um, okay, cool. So I start with a, a couple questions every podcast just to like break the ice and have some fun. If you know, knowing your path and your life and what you've been through, if you could write a book today, what would you write about? If I, well, there's so many that come to mind, but the first one would be you can either be destroyed or you can relive and reinvent yourself. And uh, life is filled with sometimes with pain and we forget that. And pain can be a great reason to give up or it can be a great motivator to find out how to live. Mm. So I would write it and call it, let's live. Dang, we're gonna come back to that. Okay. That's, that's a really good point. So we're gonna talk a little bit about how pain can shape us. Yeah. Um, I always ask this question just for the realtors watching and people for growth and development. What, like from the operations standpoint, what's the biggest misunderstanding when it comes to being a realtor? I think just watching people not understand, because I'm kind of that liaison between an agent and, and clients on a regular basis and that front face uh, time to dialogue. A lot of people just don't understand who and what a realtor is about. Mm-hmm. They look at it as just uh, somebody who's going to go and sell a house. They don't realize all of the all of the background to it and all of the skills required for it and all of the um, forward-facing dialogues to represent and to help them succeed and win. I think they just find anybody randomly here to think that's signing a paper and they don't get, they just don't get it. Yeah. So it's fun to help educate people and it's fun to watch them discover that through the process of working with them and say, I had no idea, you know, and, and so it's really, it's rewarding, but it's also amazing how many people take this big decision of an investment of significant amount usually and just randomly just grab somebody and uh, literally I watch them like we're at an open <laughs> house. You know, they've never met this agent before in their life. They get it off some app or something. They're standing out front. They shake hands and they come in to see a place. And I'm like, what are you doing? You've just entrusted this decision to somebody you're meeting, walking up the steps. So, yeah. Right. Isn't that, isn't that something though? It, it's mind boggling, really. It's absolutely mind boggling. Yeah. And it's, it's really what makes the real estate world such a, an interesting place um, for, for folks to learn and learn a lot of lessons on sales side and on the client side. Oh yeah, absolutely. Kind of simple. So, uh, before we get back into kind of like a, a self-development growth phase, can you give me like a quick, just for the people listening that may not know, like what's a quick backstory, who you are, um, one to two minutes, like who, who are you? Yeah. How'd you get here? What are you doing now? Yeah. So, so my career path started in ministry actually a long time ago. It seems like now, cause I'm old, you know, when you get old, you realize, <laughs> man, a lot of life has gone by. And so my career path started in ministry and then that led into, um, 
humanitarian and cultural nonprofit executive management. So uh, I had some great, I've, you know, I've had the privilege of traveling the world and seeing people on every level. I've sat in palaces with kings and I've slept on dirt floors and in huts. And uh, so I've had a great, great life. And then in this process, what brought me here now is it's just out of a passion that I've always had, and that's to help and invest in people. And when I saw the opportunity that I thought I could invest and raise somebody up who I respect in this field, mm -hmm. uh, it was a great way to learn. So Yeah, and, that, and then you kind of transitioned into, it, it's been interesting because, yes, operations, but you've kind of immediately brought those leadership and development skills into the organization as well. Um, tell me about your last year, two years, because you were here full-time, now you're not full-time, yeah. so tell me that quick path. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so the opportunity to be able to do operations side and what I do, I can do it from anywhere. I can do it from a coffee shop. I can do it from my car. I can do it from my desk or I can do it from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, which it, which is fun because I had, before I'd started doing this operation side, I'd already taken the efforts to, um, get my recognitions and the credentials in Mexico to sell property there. And so I live in Puerto Vallarta, but still have a lot of business back in the States, obviously. So uh, about, November to March, I become very popular for all of the Omahans because it's like, hey, I've been thinking about this. And no, you haven't. You just want to get away from 30 below windshield. <laughs> Which makes sense, right? Yeah. We're going to capitalize on that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's great. And it's what's interesting is that I'm in an international community, obviously, and Keller Williams Mexico is an amazing organization that mirrors Keller Williams Greater Omaha or the, the broader picture. So it's been fun for me really to see the consistency and the power of the organization on a lot of different levels. Yeah. So I like You've met some cool people. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I feel enriched. You know, I, I think it's our responsibility to seek out. Uh, for example, so I went from ministry into cultural nonprofits. Well, I'd never really been in that world. So you have to seek out people who are smarter than you, who know the nuances, because business you could you could jump in and we could put you in any business and you would have the basic skills to help run that organization without knowing the nuances mm -hmm. or the particular um, aspects of that. And so in general, leading and building and business is the same, but it's different in the sense that you have a unique vocabulary, you have shared perspectives when you're within an industry or within an organization. And so you have to seek out relationships. And when you find them, that make you better, you have to commit to them. And so I've found that in Keller Williams in different ways. And I've really, I, I can't just, I'm thrilled. I, I am a Keller Williams advocate and it's just because I see the power of the organization and strategic thinking. Because people don't like to think, they're lazy by nature. But when you find thinkers and you find doers and you have people who can produce results with that thought and that action, you wanna be with them. You could change lives. Yes, you can. And we should. We should. Absolutely, we need to. So you've kind of always, I guess, from just knowing you and even in this conversation, learning a little bit more, um, you've always had kind of like a servant heart and we've, we've heard of servant leaders, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where'd you pick that up? Uh, well, Jesus for one. I mean, he, you can't read your Bible and, and not see it. Um, but it's amazing how many people have, who are necessarily, uh, not faith perspective people, but who have realized that the best way to lead is to, serve others. And, and really, it's, it's like this, Will. It's an interesting thing because I was talking with somebody who has a great company and they have a lot of followers. And somebody would say, oh, they're a leader because look at all those followers. No. Great leaders are 
people who know how to reproduce leadership in other people. So if you have a group full of producers in the room, your responsibility as the leader isn't to find more producers, but to make those people in that room reproducers. And so that's the skill and that's really the art. And uh, that's the key really in creating longevity and legacy is what can you reproduce? Yeah, it, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest um, challenges of, of anybody's leadership path is to build yeah. a culture of serving. Yeah. Because inherently people have ego and we're selfish. We all are. Yeah. hundred percent. But to be able to build a culture of folks that serve for the right reasons, that's like a, that's an extremely big challenge for folks in the leadership world. Well, and don't you think it's not only about serving, it, it's a, it's a, when you're serving, you're saying you're more valuable or you're more folk, I'm more focused on you than I am on me. And let's face it, we live in a selfish, a very selfish culture who we're very aware of our dream, our goal, our drive, especially amongst driven achievers. Yes. And for them to disengage that and to turn around and say, no, you're the focus and raise them. That's not, that does not come natural. That's an intentional act. And if we were going to talk about leadership, I think one of the very first words is intentional mm -hmm. because the hardest person to lead is ourselves. And if we don't become intentional about growing and who we are, uh, we have no, nothing to offer anybody else, right? So it starts here, but once we have it, then it's all externally focused. Everything in life starts from the inside out, not from the outside in. 100%. And we all seek our path and our journey externally. Yes. Right. At some point we get flipped around. So I say that uh, in my journey, my story. So I, I always say I spent my 20s really chasing this ideal life. Yeah. Right. And so like um, who can sell the most houses and making money and making you know our parents proud early on. And, you know, as as life went and as my business and career developed, I looked up one day and said, I'm no closer to the paradise than I started <laughs> 10 years ago. So yeah. I got to I got to turn around and face exactly. the storm. Exactly. And that's the process, right? It's about understanding, hey, I have some stuff internally I need to work on. I'm going to take the time and develop who I am as a person, build my confidence, and then I'm going to give that journey back to other people. Yeah, because really what you t the first word even before confidence, I think, is courage. <laughs> because you have to have the courage to embrace your weakness, your frailty, and your strength. And, and you play to your strength. But I, I heard a quote the other, the other day I wrote down. It was great. If, if your weakness is character, then you need to fix it immediately. But if your weaknesses are just skills or things you like, then you staff to it. You find people who can can help you with it or who can do it better than you and then release it to them. Yeah. That's, how would you define character? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm kind of in that, I, I'm thinking about that right now. And I'm thinking, what's the difference between, are there differentiations between, let's say, virtues and values mm -hmm. or character? Because it's all kind of in the same stew, so to speak, you know, we're putting all these ingredients there, but they each have a, a unique place. And if you study time and, and people who have studied people, like Aristotle's an amazing list of virtues, you know, you can go to Benjamin Franklin and he, he had, and, and so I'm kind of intrigued by that because ultimately we have to live on a foundation that's something that is so valuable that when we're gone, they could take those and say, I'm going to do the same thing because value, isn't that just really the key word? Is it valuable? Mm -hmm. And, and if it's truly valuable, then I protect it, I, I grow it, I nurture it, and, and I invest in it. And we have to be committed to things that are really lasting. Um, and I think sometimes 
money goals are good because they give us an internal drive, but it's a living goal that really becomes something we can pass on and share to anybody. Because you can sit at a table with anybody in any industry and help them, Will, mm -hmm. because of who you are and who you're becoming. A mentor that I, I, I had the great privilege of serving a, an older gentleman until the day he died, because that was the commitment I made. I was, okay. So we're flying around on his private airplane every day, working all over the world. And he told me on one flight, it was late at night, and he said, listen, Ken, he goes, let me tell you what I've learned. And he's, he's up there in age by that time. He goes, the first 30 years are about learning. The second 30 years of your life are about building. And he goes, the last 30 years are about giving. And, and I think really the, the, the people in that middle frame who are building, if they can learn about the giving as they're doing it, then they even are more wealth, have more wealth of um, opportunity, yeah. something to pass on that's, that, that's valuable and that you've seen. Because really, the school of hard knocks is you don't have to go through it. If I've gone through it, then if I'm vulnerable and honest and I can say, hey, I've screwed up, I've hurt, I've failed, I can help you avoid that because this is what I learned. Yeah. And now you can go not from where I was, but you go from where I am higher. Yeah. And that's a great leader. Not to make them kind of wallow around, but to launch them from a higher level. Yeah, that's big. Um, the, the path that we're on is not here to serve ourselves. It's here to give back. Right. That, that's what you learn in that 30 year progression, right? Is yeah. It all is here to help other people at some point. If you can get there a little bit quicker, yep. You know, you have a bigger impact on this world. Uh, uh, I always, I always remember this. John Wooden I teach Will this every single day. My son, um, character is doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Exactly. Who are you when the lights aren't on and nobody's there? The yeah. choices you make at, in those moments, yeah, in your darkest times, right? Like that's that's, that's what builds character. And and when you want to quit and you want to give up, and or you you want to wallow in your pain because of failure or mistakes or errors, and you say no. I'm going to live, I'm going to rise up, I'm going to learn. Uh, sometimes we win, sometimes we learn, right? Yeah. And uh, to quote a John Maxwell book. <laughs> a totally different mindset. Yeah. Totally different mindset. That, that That's a growth mindset as a whole. Yeah. So we talked a little bit early in this about how pain shapes you. Yeah. What did you mean by that? And, and, and how can people use that? Um, as more of something to propel them forward. Yeah, I, you know, and again, we don't, it could be a, a huge discussion about pain and shame. Because when you, when you are ashamed of who you are or where you are or where you've been or where you find yourself, that shame can paralyze you to such a point that you, you don't, you don't do anything but kind of orbit around that. And you can live in such shame and such fear that you never release who you are and you never, never achieve what you need to achieve because of this, this downheaded, I'm not right, I'm a mess. And when you can embrace that and go through the pain of that, it's kind of like if I, if I have a broken bone, sometimes the, the pain of resetting it is excruciating and far worse than the break and the experience of the break. But in order to heal, we have to be willing to embrace pain. Uh, we have to be willing to say, okay, I'm not where I'm at, so I'm either gonna get bitter or I'm gonna get better. And once we can be honest with ourselves and honest with those around us, then we can start embracing growth, really, on a, on a whole different level. Yeah, which is never comfortable. No, no. And it's normally related with some area of failure. And normally what happens, people don't fail fast. They fail over and over mentally and emotionally. And successful people fail quick, you know? People who get trapped in that sense of failure or they miss the mark or they, they fell from a, a place that they were pursuing, if they get stuck there, uh, sometimes they never recover. So the sooner you can recover 
learn and grow and grow. Everything worthwhile in life is uphill, right? That's right. So we have an uphill vision. We're reaching, we're striving, we're going. But a lot of times we create downhill habits. And so we've got this frustration of this very high demanding, driving vision of what we want to achieve, be, do. But we've got these habits that go contrary to it because we take the easy path. That's right. And it is not easy to grow. Yeah. But when you embrace the challenge, say, I'm going to grow, it becomes a new world. And I had to go through that. Totally. Yeah. Um, you're like a walking book. <laughs> you, said, you said so many things in there. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good. I need to write that down. So I'm learning in this conversation and you bring such good energy back. Good. So I appreciate that. Yeah, um, when, it, when it comes to leadership, I always like to say like uh, truly great leaders can just create movement. Yeah. Like momentum, momentum and movement. And, and through that movement, you can start to embrace it and channel it. Right. What's the biggest piece of that? Like when it, I mean, I know we talked about from a leadership perspective, the first thing is to be able to be intentional and lead yourself. Yep. How do you start making an impact and, and earning trust with the people that you're leading? Oh, gosh, we could we just need to do this regularly. We'll go through a course of it. Right. Because uh, it's a process. But I think it starts with personal integrity. Like we said, values, virtue, character. We start Who you are who you are, yep. and then I have to then say, who am I focused on helping around me? And you identify um, what you can do, what you have to offer, what value, and sometimes we don't see it, you know? And, and normally the things we're strongest gifted at, we don't look at as a gift, because I just do that. No, normally what you're truly wired and gifted in, and this is why I love like DISC and other assessments, if you can discover who you are and how you're wired and say, no, that really is legitimate and this really will help them, uh, I, I, the next word after integrity and values for me would be integrity, uh, would be nurture. I've got to be committed to help connect. And in order to help nurture you, um, let's use a, a real estate word. It would be a thought simpler for your audience. Yeah. Um, appreciate. Aren't we all kind of helping people find something that's going to appreciate? Yeah. Well, here's the reality. When something appreciates, it goes up in value, right? Mm -hmm. So if I truly appreciate you, what do I do? I raise your value. Yeah. And that's so simple. And yet, so if, if we don't do it intentionally, we just go through life. But when you stop, pause, and you appreciate the person who's waiting on you at a, a restaurant, or you stop and pause and thank the officer for giving you the speeding ticket for doing what they do. You know, we don't like it. But when I appreciate you, if I truly do, then I'm going to raise your value. Yeah. And, and, and I go, oh, let's spin back to what that's we really said good. about. You have to step out with confidence and commitment, and we know that cycle, that loop, but it started with courage. And so I think in my mind, if I could say two things to do to start really helping people add value to them, appreciate them. Truly, genuinely show appreciation for other people, environments, situations. And the other part is to encourage them. Because the word encourage is a great word, but it basically means to fill with courage. So get around people who make you better. And one of the things you need is people who give you the energy, the vibe, the support to be courageous. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm, if I'm able to be an encourager, then I'm going to immediately take a role of leading because I'm not looking. The, the weakest form of leadership, Will, is positional. So if you've got somebody within an organization or an office and because of their position, we have to follow them, mm -hmm. that's the weakest place. But when you get to the place that you want to follow them, it's probably because it started off with them in a nurturing spot where they took an intentional spot to nurture and make somebody better. Yeah. So appreciate and encourage. I think those would be our first stops. So good.
Literally, I've had like three or four of these conversations this week. I'm like trying to remember which one to bring back up right now. But um, on Fridays here at the brokerage, every single Friday when we start like our scripting training, we do grad two techs. Yep. And what I've started doing on Wednesdays this past week is, hey, on Wednesdays, we're going to take time to encourage folks, yep. right? And you said something really important. Sometimes as a leader, when you're in your beginning, you don't know your value. Yeah. But other people see it before you do. Yeah. Plain and simple. I think so. Plain and simple. Um, again, another thing I teach well, right? Um, what does the leader do? He holds himself to a high standard because he knows people are watching him. Okay? Yeah. So people always see what you're doing and who you, who you are and what you stand for. So really good practice for leaders in early on in their career because people have a hard time verbalizing what they think and see. Yeah. Um, go ask your people where the value is. It's okay. You're not, you're not being any type of way by saying, hey, why do you believe me? <laughs> That's an okay thing to ask. You may be yeah. vulnerable at that time. You may not love the answer all the way, but you're going to learn a lot through asking that one question to maybe three, four people that are close to you. And that's courageous, right? That's courageous. You become vulnerable. You put yourself there and it's relational, isn't mm -hmm. And I think true leaders who know how to reproduce and make other leaders create relationship. They create and value relationship, but in, and it just kind of builds its layers and its steps. And it's not instantaneous, but it's the power of a consistency. The consistency of a thing yeah. is the power of the thing. Yeah. And just over and over and over. And, that, and that's not always easy, obviously, because if it was, everybody would do it. No, you're, you're spot on. And, and when you ask, and again, when you go back and ask those people that question, you may not hear what you want to hear. You may be saying, I want to be this leader, but you may realize I'm affecting and making impact on people in a different way that I'm maybe not used to, or maybe not something that I saw as my value. Yeah, and sometimes we have this idea that we're a nine, but the followers <laughs> and the people around us say, "No, you're about a five. Yeah. And if we, and, and but that's the honest conversation, isn't? And, and for teamwork and the energy of a true team working together, it, it's about accountability and that vulnerability, building, being able to say where we disagree, whether it's about each other or about the the goals or or how we're the systems that we're doing. If we can't disagree and then come to consensus of some sort. Um, but it's got to start way before that. It's yeah. got to be accountability and that risk of saying, okay, this is where I see, I'm, this is where I score myself. Let's switch papers now and go through the list. Now you score me. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. It's scary. It is scary. But, but, you, but that's strong. Yeah. And you've got to drop ego, especially again in the leadership where you got to be able to drop your ego in that, that um, and create structure. So um, and for us, it's encouragement on Wednesdays. We're going to go out and, and teach our folks. And, and what we say, we create the conversations that are going to happen inside the organization if you're in a leadership perspective or role, okay? And you don't have to necessarily be a leader of that role in order to be a leader. But what I'm saying throughout that is you got to provide a structure at which you can implement the values that you see as important. So if we can get people to encourage folks on Wednesdays and show some gratitude on Friday, yeah. over time, compound interest shows that they're going to automatically, we know what we give is what we get, we're going to start getting back positive energy. Well, and focused on that magnifies the results. You know, it's just, it's the law. You can't get away from it. But I, I have a question about that though, too. When you're saying to encourage, who do they encourage when you, in your class, who are you asking them to encourage? Yeah. So I'm asking them to encourage folks that maybe they see doing a good job throughout the day or somebody that they know has been doing a good job that they haven't verbally told them. Um, we, as people, I, I notice and see that we don't all sometimes like to verbalize maybe something positive about other people especially in the sales world, because mm -hmm. we all bring ego to this world and that's totally okay. Yeah. But I want them to start seeing how other people are working hard. You talked about the little details, yeah. right? So if it's a waiter or waitress, go tell them thank you and you're doing a good job. What does that do for that person? So when I tell them that, I say either somebody that has been doing a good job in your life, which is probably where it starts, but by week two, three, four, five, and six, 
who are you seeing that day that's doing a good job? And now they're seeing the world in a different way. Well, and maybe even we frame the lens of that to even be more powerful because it can mirror gratitude and appreciation at that point. But to move over to encouragement, maybe the way we frame it is to look at where they're challenged, where they're struggling. And then what can we do that acknowledges what's inside of them to meet that challenge? Big. If I can raise that up, if I can bring that higher, because it, it is, it, you have to have a courageous spirit to live in this day that we live in. Mm -hmm. and, and cowards and people who are just gonna maintain, there's not gonna be growth there, there's not gonna be breakthrough, there's not gonna be achievement. Yeah. But to really have the courage that I wanna encourage you, then I gotta look, where's where's the struggle? Where where do I observe that that maybe they're shying away from or they don't they're not embracing the tenacity to attack? Yep. Then that's what I need to really feed on and focus on what's inside of them or provide the thing that might help yeah. raise the courage. No, I think that's re that's really important. Um, if you're speaking to a leader that maybe doesn't um, hasn't built or developed the best culture, what's some first steps you would have them do in order to kind of bring everybody in, in walking in unison? The first thing starts with them. You know, I say it's gotta be a better better you, better business, or better you, better leader, better business, really in that order. Don't jump to the business, try to make the numbers, make, it's gotta start with ourself, right? And where does that, in that process of development, where's the best place I can start learning leadership? Personal growth. What are the values? What are the virtues? What are the skills to grow? And uh, when I teach people uh, on that, I always start with, uh, I, it's a Maxwell book that I, it's a base because it's kind of like you can't go wrong, but the 15 laws of invaluable, the 15 invaluable laws of personal growth. Mm -hmm. Because if you do them, you will not fail. And boy, that's, to me, if I'm going to be a great leader, then I got to be a great me. And so let's start there. And 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 do, do people, and this is the question I ask, what's your growth plan? Do they have a plan? What is the strategy? What is the system that they've committed to, to grow themselves? Because I guarantee you, when you're growing, it's going to spill into leadership naturally because other people are going to benefit and they're going to see it. They're going to discover it. They're going to wonder. And then it becomes this great dialogue. And then you have people to do it together. You know, I, I was almost 300 pounds. And one day I decided I was going to run a marathon. A stupid idea, right? For a fat boy who's never left the couch, you know, several years ago. And, and, uh, but I found out, so I'm training, I'm reading everything, but sooner or later, you got to stop the reading, stop the planning, and you start implementing, right? Yeah. So I had to walk, then I had to walk and run, then I had to run longer and walk less. It was a whole process. But then one day, somebody who saw that I was dedicated to this idea that from January and then by October, I was going to run a marathon. They said, well, I'm going to run with you. Do you know the dynamic that happens when somebody comes along to be the running partner? Mm -hmm. The day you want to give up, the day you're feeling, oh, I'll, I'll do extra time tomorrow. No, because all of a sudden now your running partner is there, that accountability. That's right. So if they see you growing, Will, the natural result of that is that they want to grow too. Yeah. And it's gonna, it's a magnet. It, it attracts things that are amazing. But that running partner then, not only do you then hold each other accountable to stay at their training, but you get to run over the finish line together. Yeah. And there's nothing better than high five and somebody who you've gone through this process with from couch potato, never walking around the block to running across the marathon finish line. Because when you have somebody who you run with, then uh, I think you're better because you're not alone. Spot. We're not designed to be alone. We're designed to help and encourage one another. Serve. Yeah. yeah and, and then the people that you're helping develop themselves through your own self-development, they have lives, they have people, they have yeah. families that it just, it all continues to trickle out. Right? It's a culture of, it's a growth environment you created now, and, and you're doing that here. Yeah. I have an agent that I'm coaching right now. We talk a lot about self-worth. Um, and I think the best way to really measure your self-worth is to, to see who like the last two to three people that came into your life. 
Like you attract who you are. Yeah. Right. So we heard, I heard on Ed Milet podcast with Rory Vaden one time, um, your best position to serve the person you once were, which that's because you've been through that journey yeah. and by serving them, you're going to continue your own yeah, path. That's good. That's, that's um, true. But when it comes to attracting things, you're going to attract people that are in similar positions that you're in. So if you, if you take count of, hey, these are the people I've attracted into my life over the past one, two, three, four years, you're going to understand who you are and, and what you need to work on. And, and, I'm, and I take it to the next step. When you're attracting that, that's on the same level, you have to be very intentional then to get yourself into the room with people that are higher than you, smarter than you, bigger than you, and intimidate you yeah. because you need them to raise you to the next spot. Because we attract where we are, but we've also got to look where we're going. And so sometimes the, that peer role, if we, it becomes comfortable. So don't be comfortable. Yeah. Push it to the next spot. Find the room, find the people that make you better, challenge you. If you're always the head of the class, then you're in the wrong class, right? Yep. Yep. So, no, you're, you're exactly right. And so um, if we start to view the business world and the universe as, hey, whoever they're bringing into my life is something I need to work on and grow, that growth mindset that we yeah. talked about. Uh, another uh, quote that I heard on an Ed Milet podcast, again, with Peter Crone, he said, uh, life will present circumstances and situations to reveal where you're not free. Uh, okay. That's powerful. And so when you look at life that way, okay, you're in my life. You're teaching me these things. I love these things. But I don't love these things about you. That's if you don't love something about somebody, that's because it's part of who you are, uh, right? Ken, I appreciate you taking the time. This flew by. Yeah. I love this leadership conversation. We could probably go for two, three hours on this. Yeah, let's do I'm gonna, it. Again. I'm going to have you back on at some point to talk a little bit more leadership and different things that we can help other people serve and grow. Um, but I always like to ask one question. And so usually I ask this in a real estate perspective. I'm going to ask it in a much different way. If you could go back, let's say 10 years, right? 10 years ago to your career and who you were as a person then, if you could talk to yourself then, encourage yourself, or give yourself any advice, what would you tell yourself? Uh, you're way better than you realize. Because sometimes when you take a humble spot, you're really not humble at all. It's, 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 um, it's a paralyzing. It, it's, it's chains and bondage to not embrace what you have to give other people. And it's selfish. Yeah. So to say I'm not what I want to be is okay. But to say I'm nothing is wrong. Mm -hmm. Everybody who's watching right now has got something great in them to give. And if you're really going to grow, you've got to give. Yeah. Thank goosebumps. Yeah. I feel like you're speaking right to me. So, um, look, I appreciate you taking the time sharing all the wisdom you have. I know we had notes and different things we wanted to cover. We probably didn't touch any of those. So that's why we're going to have this conversation again. But truly, thank you for yeah. giving back to the brokerage here over the past few weeks while I've been in town. Thanks for being such a good leader. And I've learned a lot in this conversation. Well, I appreciate you guys and uh, being a part of your team. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, y'all. Thanks for hopping on this week. We're going to see y'all next week with another guest. Thank you. Yeah.